Amazon has joined SpaceX and Trader Joe's in claiming that a U.S. labor agency's in-house enforcement proceedings violate the U.S. Constitution. So where does the dispute go from here? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, President Joe Biden says the U.S. will announce a major package of sanctions against Russia. But first... Amazon has joined rocket maker SpaceX and grocery chain Trader Joe's in claiming that a U.S. labor agency's in-house enforcement proceedings violate the U.S. Constitution. This as the retail giant faces scores of cases claiming it interfered with workers' rights to organize. In a recent filing, Amazon said it will argue that the structure of the National Labor Relations Board is unconstitutional because it denies the company's right to a jury trial. For more, we're joined by Nicole Brenner-Schmitz, a former political director for the Teamsters. Hi, Nicole. Thanks so much for your time today. So Amazon has joined SpaceX and Trader Joe's in their fight to declare the government labor board unconstitutional. What are your top line thoughts on this filing? Well, I don't think anyone's surprised to see Amazon join this. Amazon's historically been a union busting company. They go out of their way to try to ensure that the workers are not able to do what they want to do, which is democratically join a union. Nothing about this is a surprise. They are equating, once again, their company to people, trying to say they have a right to a jury trial. A corporation is not a person. This is completely constitutional to have a U.S. labor board. This is the infrastructure that makes sure that companies are abiding by our laws and the things that we need to make sure America continues to have a thriving middle class. Now, part of this filing stems from a pending case accusing Amazon of illegally retaliating against workers at a warehouse in the New York City borough of Staten Island. Do you know anything more in that particular situation? Well, I don't know the details of that particular case, but I know there's been a lot of reports of what Amazon and, and a lot of companies participate in. They have union busting meetings and to add injury to insult on those, the companies that they hire to conduct those intimidation meetings on workers, they get a tax break for. Uh, and there has been a lot of reports from workers about if they are shown to be people who are organizing or communicating with their fellow workers about possibly joining the union, which people need to remember is something the workers ultimately vote on and is a completely democratic process, that they've been retaliated by the, the company, whether it's through hours being changed or being fired or other sorts of you know degrading retaliations that the company might take. And this is something that unfortunately we do see companies do when they are trying to ensure sure that the workers cannot organize to get a union. Could the outcome of this harm the ability of labor unions to bargain with employers? It could. I mean, un unfortunately, the, the 
country has seen a decline in union membership. Um, and we've seen it because we see different states and different laws pass so-called right to work laws. And so the NLRB is an important element to make sure that companies are following the laws that we need them to. There is an, a structure in place. We need to ensure that workers have a safe workplace, that they're being paid fairly. Um, you know, there's lots of wage and hour considerations when it comes to so many jobs. The NLRB fulfills a very important, probably unnoticed element uh, within our economy and our workforce. And if its role changes or it goes away, that could drastically change the landscape of so many workers' lives. Where do you see this litigation ultimately going? I mean, it's unclear. I'm sure it will drag on for um, quite a while, but as it moves through the court systems, but ultimately these are very large, wealthy companies that are going to continue to throw lots and lots of money at this. So we could see this go on for quite a while. So there was even some talk that there's a possibility that this would go before the Supreme Court. Do you think they would take up this case? I could see the Supreme Court possibly taking that up. They've taken up a lot of different uh, uh, freedoms and rights that Americans have become used to um, that are uh, trying to be rolled back. Uh, I think that this could be something that may go all the way all the way up. We saw uh, them take up Janice in, I think, 2017, which was another major labor rights case for public employees. So this is certainly something that we could see go all the way to the Supreme Court. But we need to remember that, you know, we don't have a weekend. We didn't have 40 hour work weeks. We don't. So many things that we take as as for granted and just as part of the American fabric of so many jobs didn't exist, was it not for labor unions fighting for these things? And what's a labor union? It's really there to ensure that the workers are getting the fair treatment that they need. There's so much talk about, especially in this election cycle with inflation and some prices and that's true. People are feeling things at the grocery store, but that's not solely due to just inflation and interest rates. There's corporate greed and price gouging going on here. And that happens in in the face of the workers, too. We saw a lot of this in this past year with the UAW fights for a contract. So it needs to be record profits, record contracts. Now, with about a minute and a half left, the National Labor Relations Board's general counsel acts like a prosecutor and issues complaints against employers accused of violating federal law. But do they ever sometimes get it wrong? Well, I'm not going to say every single thing that the NLRB has ever done is perfect. I don't know every single uh, case that's ever happened, but the NLRB is there to ensure that workers, the little guy, is being supported when it comes to these corporations possibly taking advantage when they are the employer. And that is the goal. So is anything fully perfect? No, but they're on the side of justice and right, and they're on the side of the American workers. Nicole, really appreciate your insights on this important issue. Thank you for having me. 
The U.S. will announce a major package of sanctions against Russia. President Joe Biden says the latest set of sanctions come over the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny and the two-year Ukraine war. The U.S. is set for fresh sanctions on Russia this week. We'll have a major package announced on Friday. U.S. President Joe Biden told reporters from the South Lawn of the White House on Tuesday. Officials say the sanctions will, quote, hold Russia accountable for what happened to Alexei Navalny, as well as the two-year war in Ukraine. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the sanctions package would target a range of items, including the country's defense and industrial bases, as well as, quote, sources of revenue for the Russian economy that power Russia's war machine. Navalny, the fiercest domestic critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, fell unconscious and died suddenly Friday after a walk at the Arctic prison where he was serving a three-decade sentence, according to the prison service. National Security Spokesman John Kirby said the United States is pressing Russia for, quote, complete transparency on how Navalny died, while Biden has blamed Putin. A senior U.S. official said a sanctions package had already been in the works to mark the second anniversary of the war, which Washington would reconsider and supplement in response to Navalny's death. Washington previously imposed sanctions over the 2020 poisoning and imprisonment of Navalny and over Russia's 2022 invasion of Ukraine, including on Putin, officials, and banks. The U.S. vetoed a draft United Nations Security Council resolution. The proposal called for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza without linking it to the release of hostages by Hamas. A draft resolution at the United Nations Security Council calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza was vetoed by the United States on Tuesday. Those against? It was the third such veto since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. Abstentions? Britain abstained while the 13 other council members all voted in favor of the drafted text. Proceeding with a vote today was wishful and irresponsible. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield told the 15-member body that the draft resolution could jeopardize ongoing ceasefire talks between the U.S., Egypt, Israel, and Qatar. We believe that the resolution on the table right now would, in fact, negatively impact those negotiations. Demanding an immediate, unconditional ceasefire without an agreement requiring Hamas to release the hostages will not bring about a durable peace. Instead, it could extend the fighting between Hamas and Israel. According to text seen by Reuters, the U.S. has proposed a rival draft resolution calling for a temporary ceasefire, quote, as soon as practicable and on the condition that all hostages are released. The blocked draft resolution, which was drawn up by Algeria, did not link a ceasefire to the release of hostages. Here's Algeria's UN ambassador. Voting against it implies an endorsement of the brutal violence. Israel's UN ambassador said the word ceasefire was being mentioned as if it was, quote, a magical solution. What exactly will this silver bullet ceasefire achieve? A ceasefire achieves one thing and one thing only, the survival of Hamas. Palestine's UN ambassador said blocking the Algerian drafted resolution would mean more horrors in a war that health authorities in Gaza say has killed nearly 29,000 Palestinians.
The message given today to Israel with this veto is that it can continue to get away with murder. Outside the U.N. headquarters in New York, protesters called on the U.S. to back the resolution. Washington traditionally shields Israel from U.N. action and has been averse to the word ceasefire in any resolution. But the draft resolution it proposed could signal a shift as the U.S. text echoes language that President Joe Biden said he used last week in extensive talks with Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in which he pushed for a temporary ceasefire. Thanks so much for watching in America Today. I'm Veronica Dudo. For more, head to tickernews.co. Stay with us. More ticker coming up.